Joe, wasn't that croissant good? And wasn't that coffee good? In webworkhouse.com, Internet Center of Excellence, wasn't that very pleasant? In fact, I have to say, in my opinion, that the coffee they make here surprises me how good it is. I don't know why I say that, it's just that it isn't a specialist coffee place and it just serves good quality coffee that I find good. Yeah. And you know one of the things I've been thinking about while I've been sitting in this internet gaming cafe that's open 24 hours is about something that irritates me. Yeah, I have to admit it irritates me, it also intrigues me, and it disappoints me. Okay, we'll just stick with those three. Irritates, intrigues, and disappoints me. And I think the balance of the three depends upon something that probably has nothing to do with the topic of why Maya, who works for Anchor, doesn't have a podcast doesn't regularly use the Anchor app, doesn't consider the Anchor app worth using. I think my the, the emotions I feel about why near why the founders, let me just call the founders, because they could do a podcast together but why they don't think that their own app is worth using and making a podcast. I have no idea. And why the new people that join the organization and have joined the organization are following their example. So you have a whole company that originally presented itself and perhaps to a certain extent does as being a campaigning brand in favor of the democratization of radio and making, you know, taking podcasting, I suppose I could say, to the masses by making it so simple that anyone almost could do it by taking away the obstacles, taking away the need to get your own RSS feed, the need to figure out what are the rules on iOS in relation to how you should, how many episodes you should make before you submit your application and, you know, all of that. But, you know, Anchor will do it for you, you know. And basically, you start on Anchor today and if you wanted to, you could have a, a podcast, you know, with an RSS feed and people could subscribe to it and everything you subsequently every episode you subsequently make could be heard by your fans and how simple is that? I mean they just have to catch every day on their podcaster and their podcatcher what it is but okay so I'm irritated I can't pretend that I'm not irritated that this people from the company are don't use their own stuff. I think people who are in any company should use their own stuff. And um, what else did I say? Disappointed. I'm, yeah, I am disappointed. And when I'm not irritated, I'm definitely disappointed. 
And I'm curious, there has to be a reason. There has to be some deliberation behind it. There has to be some company rule. Now, I imagine some people would say, in fact, maybe people in Anchor say, look, we're too busy to do it. Now, one of the things, I don't want to label that response particularly, but I want to say that in my experience, it takes one minute, five minutes, any length you want to produce a podcast e episode on Anchor. That's part of the beauty of it. And you could actually put five minutes up every day without any difficulty if that was your intention. So why, why? Joe, i got a couple of questions for you. Yeah, you can look them up on Google. I'd love to, you know, and see what you say. But first of all, what do you think? Did Coco Chanel wear the clothes that she designed? Another one for you. Does or did Bill Gates use Microsoft software? Did Steve Jobs use Apple? Did he use a um, iPod? Do the founders of Stripe use Stripe? Do the family that owns Mercedes do they drive Mercedes? Does the person who invented Skype use Skype? Does the person who invented WhatsApp, does Mark Zuckerberg use Facebook? Does the guy who founded Alibaba buy stuff on Alibaba? Do the founders of LinkedIn use LinkedIn? Do the founders of Anchor use Anchor? Does the president who owns hotels and golf clubs play golf on his own courses and stay in his own hotels? Do staff on Anchor podcast on Anchor? Do you eat the food you cook? Do you eat in the restaurant you own? Do you use the fountain pen you designed? Does the head of marketing at Anchor use Anchor? Okay, Joe, and here's the next question for you. Who's the odd one out? I'll give you I'll give you a hint. There's one among all the organizations mentioned there and all the founders of businesses mentioned there. There's one outstanding example that is stands out from the rest. 
as if it was one of their brand identifiers. After all, don't companies need to differentiate themselves in the marketplace? Stand out from the competition? And all those companies that have been mentioned there are in competition, aren't they, Joe? They're all. Even Apple is in competition with Mercedes. Not because they both produce motor cars, but because they're competing for the time and attention of people. All companies are in competition with each other for time and attention. And as we all know, time is money. Peter Coppinger and Daniel Mackey, two young guys in Cork, started making websites, started designing websites for people in the early days of website design. And they did it in their house, houses together, a bit like they did it in their back room. And then they started doing more of them and started doing more of them. And they found that they needed to keep track of what they were doing. This is many years ago now. And they needed some project management help, software. So they looked around and they didn't like any of the project management software that was around at the time. I don't even know if Microsoft uh, Project Microsoft Project was uh, around at the time when they started off. Uh, Peter and Daniel weren't prepared to use something they didn't want, something that didn't suit them. So they, they designed a bit of software for project management. And they found uh, that it uh, wasn't that good. So they improved it. And it still wasn't good enough, so they improved it. And they found themselves that they'd built, gradually built this piece of software that was good, that became what they wanted to use. And that's the story of how these two guys in Cork went from being young techies. Well, they're still techies. They, and they're not very old, by the way, these guys. They're younger, a lot younger than me. Anyway, they, they went to set up a, a, a piece of software called Teamwork Project Management, PM, Teamwork PM. I think it was teamworkpm.com. And just in case you're wondering and want to find them, some years later they, they spent all the reserves they had in the company on buying teamwork.com from somebody who had it already. And that's a story you should hear Peter Coppinger tell. Amazing story. Anyway, I'm not interested in telling you that story now, but what I want to say is that these guys gradually built up this software business, and if you want to find out who are their clients, these two guys from Cork, these two techies, you want to find out who are the clients of Teamwork.com, you can look it up. You'll be mightily impressed they have a lot of people working for them in Cork, 
there is open business. I don't think they've yet hit a billion turnover a year, but they're big. So they developed their software by using it. And because by using it, they found out how it could be improved. They were ahead of the game. They were, they were using something they needed, not something they thought was a good idea. And that distinction between needing something that you want to use and something that is a good idea that you think other people would want to use, that is one of the most important distinctions for people to bear in their mind and to ask themselves the question, you know, which is it? I'm not saying one is bad and the other is good, but that's a key question in my humble opinion. So let all entrepreneurs developing software all around the world ask themselves the question, are they building something that they can that they want to use, that they need to use? Or are they just building something that other people might want? The true story of how Twitter started is not very well known. You can find some things on Wikipedia. But this is something I haven't found on Wikipedia but I think you can rely on it. These guys set out to go, a group of guys set out to go to a conference, a very big conference. I even forget what they were going to do at this conference, but they wanted to keep in touch with each other during the conference. So they set up an instant messaging thing between themselves where they could send instant messages to each other and only to each other and keep in touch with each other during this at this enormous conference. So, they found out some way of putting their names on it. So, anyway, maybe the names came later. But that's the thing. They needed something to keep in touch with each other during a big conference. They needed that. Otherwise, they thought they couldn't succeed with what they were going to do at the conference. Now, I'm back in 2006 at this point, if you're wondering, right? I'm back before they, I think, before they called it Twitter, T-W-I-T-R. In other words, Baz Stone, so-and-so Williams, whose name I can't remember, and other guys, they were all men as far as I remember. Those guys, they needed something. They built what came to be called Twitter. And by the way, in case you're interested, the name Twitter.com existed before what we call Twitter existed, and they didn't own it, and they bought it later on. But it was an instant messaging system, just the same as, you know, you and I can send Barack Obama an instant message right now. We can send, you can send your mother an instant message. You can send Donald Trump an instant message. You can send uh, 
you know, uh, the President of France an instant message. You can send anyone an instant message right now. But they needed it for a practical purpose. And that's how Twitter developed. They developed something that they needed. Yeah, early on they realised that other people could want it. And when they went to whatever it is, west, uh, south by southwest, I think 2006, it may have been 2007, um, they blew people away by showing them what they'd got. And okay, as they say, the rest is history, and you'll find a very uh, detailed account of it, or a fairly detailed account of it on Wikipedia. But there I come back to the theme I started in my last piece of audio, which is the theme of people who need something for something that they're doing, they build it. They're different from people who are building something that they think other people might want to use. So if you're building, if you're deeply immersed and you, you're, you're madly keen on podcasting and you, you just don't find any of the podcasting tools that are around any good for you. So you have a need for a piece of podcasting software that will suit you. You as a podcaster build it. You need it for your own purposes. It could even be for your own play. It could be for your own business. But you build it because you need it. And then you continue to use it. Baz Stone is still on Twitter. Isn't it Ed Williams, isn't it? Anyway, I think he's at Ed. I'm not 100% sure. I haven't double-checked. But anyway, there's that difference again. So I'm highlighting kind of being persistent about the distinction between needing something because you, it, it'll serve you, it'll give you utility, it'll make your life better. And people who are building something, you know, because they, they guess that other people might want it and they're primarily hoping to make money out of it. Well, I've been r rattling on today about how people who develop a business can be divided into two groups. Those who feel they need it and those who want to do it for other people. There's a very crude division. And thank goodness I've got a call in from Bernie Goldbach who takes well, it's a very different take from me and he's been around on the internet longer than me so have a listen to Bernie here is a guy who was on Twitter a long time before me and even though I've done more tweets than him it could be argued that he knows an awful lot more about about some things than me here, take it away Bernie Hey, Paul, it's Bernie in the other part of Ireland. I heard you talking about, it's kind of disappointed that you can't you know, depend upon the core anchor team using the app. But, you know, it's always good, as some venture capitalists say, to never get high on your own supply. So Alex Hearn wrote this last week in The Guardian. He points out Zuck, he doesn't use this stuff he doesn't use this social media stuff. 
He's got 12 moderators dedicated to deleting comments and spam from his own page. That's what Zuck does. Has a handful of employees who help him write his posts, write his speeches. And then professional photographers who take stage-managed pictures. Which basically means us mortals can't see the private posts on Zuck's timeline. And the same thing for other major founders. They rarely use their own stuff. It's normal, normal. Twitter. Of the company's nine most senior executives, only four of those Twitter executives tweet more than once a day. Ned Siegel, CFO of Twitter, been on Twitter for more than six years, has no more than, what, two tweets a month. Jack Dorsey, pretty prolific, sent 23,000 tweets since Twitter was first launched, but <laughs> compare that to you. So it's a pattern all across the sector of VC-funded social sites. For all the industry's focus on eating your own dog food, the most diehard users are rarely those who sit in the C-suite of the app itself. How about that? How about that? Sean Parker, he's the founding president of Facebook, talked to a conference in Philadelphia that he told that conference he's something of a conscientious objector to social media. And then other people are talking about this. I mean, like I'm seeing once every three days people saying how to use social and to be dependent upon the little dopamine hits you get when in and out of it takes you off your focus can actually maybe even damage your brain. I don't know if that's founded in any kind of scientific fact, but. It's not hard finding people who are making the apps that we love to use backing off from using them even though they made them. How about that? How about that? So that's what I'm that's why I try to make myself only operate in a certain amount of time space. And I follow the Barbara KB rule, just dive it in and then maybe just backing off. Barbara does it better than I do. But I don't think anything we say is going to get anchors, users, super users, anchors, founders, anchors, main devs to sit, sit around here and talk to us. Just doesn't work. Just doesn't work. All right, got to run. I have some washing up to do. And I haven't got an immediate answer for Bernie, and I'm certainly not going to rush into saying something, because I want to listen and let Bernie's words sink in. And actually, just between you and me, I'm hoping somebody else will chip in on the issue. And i tell you something, though. Whatever I end up saying, I'm not going to give up on the idea of... To be straight, I guess it is to kind of embarrass lobby anchor people at the business into using their own app. And I guess I should say almost embarrass them into using it. But, you know, one little voice in a kitchen in Cork, Ireland, across the other side of the Atlantic... Wouldn't expect anybody to listen to me.